0: When you are a man, sometimes you wear stretchy pants in your room. It's for fun.
1: Wheeze in the house. Wh- wheeze in the house. That's the official term we're going with. Wheeze in the house. Getting lit on a Tuesday <laughs> night. Yeah, you're not wrapped but up Aaron in... Aaron and David. <laughs> you're, you're not wrapped up in a... Uh, You've got your electric blanket. Sweet. Yeah. So go plug in your electric blanket. I, pu- I pushed
2: it down so that it's not completely wrapped around me, but
1: That's fair. <laughs> what uh oh hold on, I'm I'm also wearing a hoodie. I should I should hood up like you. There it is.
2: It basically uh. feels like I'm like sitting outside on a minus ten day, there's just like a constant breeze
1: in this basement. Oh man. <laughs> Did you catch my I sang a song that you should know a minute ago? I said, so go plug um, in your electric blanket. We can stay here. I don't know if that's
2: exactly. Uh, what it is. I'm gonna have to go with call a friend. <laughs> <laughs> I need an option because I don't know what. That it was Alkaline is. Trio. Oh, one I'm of the albums. I'm trying.
1: I don't know specifically which album it's off of, but it's one that we've covered in the past. So. Uh, well, we covered a lot of them. We did, <laughs> we did. Well, we did four, I think. Right? Is that what we stopped at? I could have, which is quite a few
2: albums for a band. It
1: is, and I could have kept it. going. Like I was, I was, yeah. I was open to it, but uh, we stopped at four because that's just what we do. Um, and now we've we've moved on to to different things. We're going to talk about different things today. I just noticed my light is falling down above me, so hopefully it doesn't just like come dropping in frame. the face in the middle. Yeah, it's actually um it's funny cuz it's currently duct taped to a shelf above me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, anyway, yeah, we're uh I don't know if I got through the intro. Welcome to Growing Up Punk, the podcast about punk rock and all of its friends. My name is David, my friend is Aaron. Hello.
2: Hey, what's up? It's, Welcome.
1: I like how we like save the greeting for after we've been talking for a few minutes. Like that's yeah, not you how gotta you do it. Got
2: to have this, a little BS to get get through it, you know.
1: That's fair, but I like to think that um I'm just going to approach all conversations from here on out where I'm going to talk to someone for like four or five minutes and then be like, oh, by the way, hi. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure that happens enough. That's fair. So we're continuing our uh, label series. Of course, if you missed it, we've so far covered solid state records and our last two episodes were victory records. Um, If you're just jumping in here. Because you're like, man, I like fat records, and that's how you heard about it. Um, we're, we're going through some of our favorite labels from, I guess, back in the day, <laughs> is, how, is how we can word it, even though not all of the releases are from back in the day. Uh, but anyway, just record labels that we've come to love over the years. And what we're doing is we have an episode where Aaron and I share our five favorite releases from that label, and then it gets followed up with an interview uh, with an artist who was on the label, or is on the label, uh, depending on how that works out, sharing their five favorite records from uh, from the label as well. So this episode is Fat Records. It's where we're at, which is... Uh, do you remember the first time you heard about fat records and where that, like what led you to that?
2: Yeah, this was, I, I've mentioned this before on some episodes about when my brother went to the city and came back with uh, Pennywise and Face to Face, and he also came back with Life in the Fat Lane, okay. which was one of the uh, classic fat record samplers. Yeah, um, You know, samplers were so big, so... Uh, Big, should I say, we're so fat back in the day <laughs> <That's> <laughs> uh good. yeah, it was and uh yeah, lots of bands that that stood out to me, some of those uh, might even make on this list today, I can't remember exactly who was who was on that, but I, I think there was at least one uh band that was represented or album that I'm gonna pick that was on that album, and sweet, yeah, and just you know, like we've mentioned lots of times, we were soaking it up back then and just loving everything we could get our hands on, and yeah. And uh, yeah, I loved loved a lot of it on there, and have kept up with a lot of those bands ever since.
1: Yeah, I don't remember what my introduction to Fat Records would have been. Um,
2: oh, so I, I just thought, oh, so go ahead, I'll, I'll share another memory after. Okay,
1: so yeah, because for me, I'm trying to think, the first Fat band I can remember kind of seeking out would have been Good Riddance, um, and so. And it was kind of by accident, not intentional anyway. Um, I saw this band play at an outdoor kind of concert show thing, festival, I suppose. And they played, like they were a crappy band, but they covered fertile fields. uh, And I had no idea what it was, but the song just got stuck in my head. And so I kind of had to search it out. And I'm sure I shared this story when we covered Good Riddance. Uh, a number of episodes ago, quite a ways ago back. Uh, but I think I, like my cousin had it or something and this song comes on and I'm like, dang, this is that song I was looking for. And so I, that's the first time I can remember yep. hearing a fat band um, and then getting probably probably bought that record and then was like fat records okay yeah yeah i'm familiar oh fat mike yeah yeah okay uh you know kind of like opening the door that way that's the first memory i can have specifically listening to a fat band anyway but you had another memory you wanted to share
2: yeah, sorry It was uh, I was in So I went to a middle school That was just grade 7 and 8 So I broke up the elementary and high school so I nice. was in grade 7 And there was a couple of skater kids Yeah In grade 8 And the one guy had a no effects hoodie Because I remember thinking like oh, what, yeah. is nof- Nofix, what is No? What is Nofix <laughs> And then on the back You know, it had their classic um, logo Yeah And I just always remember thinking like What is fat rec cords <laughs> Like I never pieced it together That it was records Yeah but I can still picture myself in the hallway seeing that and thinking like, oh, that's kind of a, like, I think that was the year I got my first piece of band merch, a value pack shirt. Mm. Um, And then I remember seeing that and thinking like, okay, like they're kind of skater kids. He also had a Rage Against the Machine hoodie, which I didn't know until years later what that is. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, it that. had the little like, <laughs> what's uh, the album cover with like that kind of little yeah, fat kid on the evil, front? He's not, he's
1: not fat, but uh, evil or, empire. Uh, I have oh, okay a, yeah. What am I, <laughs> I? It's funny. I I, uh, I took down. Well, you can see this, and obviously anyone who's watching. Um, I changed the 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 decorations behind me on my wall, and I had I had a copy of that summer, Evil Empire. I was going to point it out, but they're all literally like those CD booklets that were on the wall. They're just scattered all over the place right now because oh. I like did it last minute. You're like, are you going to be ready for nine? And I'm like, oh, a little after because uh, I was busy. Decorating, and I didn't finish. There's other things I'm going to change in here, but yeah, um, no, it's all that's cool. So nice and black and white now. Anyway, (laughs) so I guess that was the first introduction.
2: However, it didn't actually introduce me to the label. It just introduced me to maybe the idea of it. Or so then when I saw that sampler and saw in the back, it was kind of like, oh, like that's what that is. Yeah, you know, there's a few pieces to the puzzle there, but
1: yeah. Anyways, yeah, no, that's that's awesome because I mean. I'm sure I would have like they had so many samplers too, right? Like um Life in the Fat Lane, Short Music for Short People. Was that a That was a Fat wreck? Yeah. And then cuz then yeah. didn't they do like Short Music for Fat People? Did they do that? I don't know. Oh, uh, there, there was There were like so 10 many of, of them. them. Yeah. yeah. And like I had friends who had a bunch of them. I don't know that I ever actually owned any of those, but uh definitely listened to them just, you know, in friends' cars and whatever, but uh so they became a label that once you kind of knew who like that they were there, you knew for the like at least for the most part that the bands were all gonna be pretty good, right like yeah, um, and I think that's the case with a lot of the labels that we're looking at, and that's sort of obviously what makes them um kind of have the i guess the life the longevity that they've had is that you knew when something had a fat logo on it you're like oh yeah okay i i there there was a reason that you know there's a phrase they had that fat sound that fat record sound right like obviously not all the bands sound the same but uh when we looked at say like victory records recently and then some of the the labels that we're going to look at coming coming up fat rec really kind of like stuck to more of a consistent sound over the years than a lot of their contemporaries did i think um and that's cool. That's that's pretty cool. So why don't we get into to our top five? Uh yeah, let's do it. We'll go back and forth like we've done uh in the past, but uh what was your number five?
2: Yes, I just want to reiterate what uh fine, I'm I trying to get to the been... list and you're
1: just <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Well, I, I feel like sometimes like I've said lots of needs to almost be like um um what's the word? Not a proclamation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like a a warning i I can't i can't think of the word um anyways you know where like we'll often say like we're not saying these are the best records or whatever what's the word i'm looking for it's not Um, a
1: definitive like top five like we're just literally yeah these are because here's here's the thing about our lists we also kind of did a little bit of picking so that we kind of covered a little bit more where where we may have had some of the same records on here we're like well you know since you're talking about this record then i can bring this one up because you know it'll give me an opportunity still to say something about that and they i think they're mainly just records that have really i guess stuck with us personally that we connected to um yeah when we heard them so yeah like we're not out here being like yo if you don't agree with our top five lists you're an idiot like that's not what's happening at all uh in fact i can guarantee you that nobody is going to agree with our top five list they might agree with some of the picks that make it but there's no way they're going to be like yep that's the one and as in with uh with episodes in the past we one we each when we're going through our list we can only pick um one release per band now we both have a couple bands that end up on both of our lists but yeah. you know i can't I can't make a top five that's all good riddance, for instance, right? Like, uh, right. or, you know, all propaganda or whatever, like different bands on, on fat. We can only pick one from those bands. So, um, yeah, let's get into your top five. Yeah. So, uh, unless you want and- to jump back again. <laughs> Uh, No,
2: I I do have one (laughs) So I always have all these random things But I do want to say a lot of the bands That we're going to share about We have covered before, even talked about these albums So if if you hear an album That's like, oh yeah, I love that album Then go back and check out If we have an episode on it Because there's there's a good chance chance that we have Um, So we have talked about this band briefly But not this specific album And that is Hard Rock Bottom From No Use for a Name this band previously, you know, it was kind of, I was a fan of them, you ha- didn't know them as much, kind of found it a bit harder to get into, and uh, yeah, I will say with no use for names, so I was just briefly listening to this record here after I put uh, kids to bed tonight, and you know, it, it definitely, you know, it's not the, not the craziest music, or you know, even thinking about some of the other bands on fat that, you know, were either super political, or... Um, You know, kind of had a really specific thing to them No use for a name, never really had that Other than, you know, Tony Sly was a really unique songwriter Really gifted with melodies and lyrics And, you know, and that's kind of stood out for me So the, this album, you know, the last one we talked about was More Betterness This is the follow-up to it which is not that far off from, from more betterness. I do think the songs are, are a bit better and, and progressed a little bit, but still kind of in that, you know, melodic kind of skate punk sound. And I don't know, there's just something about this album that when I listen to it, it just makes me happy. You know, it's easy to listen to, you know, it can, it can be background music or it can be, you know, the music that you are focusing on, which is kind of a weird thing. I don't know if I've really thought about that a lot. You know, there's some albums that, you know, at least for me, I'll pick when I don't really have to pay attention, and there's some that I pick when I really want to pay attention. I feel like for me, No Use for a Name in this album can kind of go either way, and that comes to mind because I used to go and uh, shoot pool with a buddy at his parents' house years ago, and he had all of his vinyls there, and we would often put on No Use for a Name albums, and uh, so it was always kind of in the background as we were playing pool and talking and joking around, but um, yeah, it was just just kind of a fun band, fun album to put on. You know, it's an easy punk album to listen to, and and I just think there's a lot of really good songs. For some reason, this album always kind of sticks out to me um, from their discography.
1: Yeah, like if you go back to um, the episode that we did that you referred to, that was no use for a name, and the Swellers is specifically yeah. who we who we talked about, and I can remember saying with more bitterness that it just felt. I forget how I described it. I feel like I, I probably used the word boring at some point in time. Um, there there yeah. were parts on that record where it was a struggle to listen to. But we texted a while back after that episode, I had gone and listened specifically to this record, Hard Rock Bottom. And I was like, oh, I like this a lot more than more betterness. Um, I can't pinpoint exactly what it is. I haven't listened to it enough times, but I know when I'd put it on that first time I was like, "Okay, this this feels definitely different uh, than More Betterness." But I came to a conclusion with no use for a name. At least my my experience with that band still is mainly just those two records. Like I've heard other, you know, bits and pieces here and there from them from other albums but like as far as listening to a record from start to finish those two are the only ones that i've really done that with and i came to the conclusion that they seem to like do this thing where there's always one song on the record that i just really can't stand uh and so i think on more betterness it was i think it was a Pogues cover maybe um Uh, which is like the christmas uh, I can't, right, I can't remember what it's called right now. Yeah,
2: what was the one off of this one? I was as I was listening through tonight, and I was trying to think which is the one that. Uh, yeah, I got David's not a fan of. I
1: gotta look it up. Um, hold on, let's see if I can hard rock bottom. I didn't have this open, so I got to open it up. Um... I'm going to say, oh, it's This is a Rebel Song, which is a cover again. They just do, like, such terrible covers. <laughs> like, it's a, a cover of a Sinead O'Connor song. And so yeah. it has, like, the female vocals on it. And oh, okay. I just can't, like, yeah, because then on More Betterness, it was... Give me a track listing here. Uh, it like that
2: Christmas song or fairy, whatever? Yeah,
1: fairy Tale of New York. Oh, right, which yeah. Which I believe, was it... What, what um... Was he Pogues. I sound like an idiot now cuz I'm <laughs> Yeah, the Pogues. Okay. I just was double like uh, second guessing myself. But um yeah, like their covers, I'm not they cuz they they get like kind of folky, which I mean that that Pogues song they I feel like they stuck pretty close to the original if I recall anyway. And I just find it weird. I don't we're talking about more betterness now for a second, but um I just find it weird to put a Christmas song in the middle of or what is traditionally kind of like a, has a very Christmas vibe to it in the middle of a non-Christmas right. album, it just like throws me right off. But but I do like hard yeah, rock bottom fair. more than uh, than more Betterness. But um, and I, I I love like that's what I I can I can appreciate Tony Sly's songwriting, which is something that I love being able to go in with that band. They might not have something instrumentally that hits me over the head right away. But yeah. he's, he's definitely a songwriter for me, anyways. That you can like sit down and just kind of look at what he does, and you know, kind of have that appreciation grow. I think over time. But yeah, yeah, for good sure. pick. My number five um, is not no use for a name. <laughs> it's actually Mad Caddies. Rock the plank. There may be a lot of people that look at that pick and go, well, okay, like sure, I guess Mad Caddies could make the list, but why that record necessarily? Because I think they've got some other ones that maybe people um, attach themselves to a little more. But for me, this was the Mad Caddies record that I, I knew the best and really liked. And I was looking at a number of my picks or at least like albums that were in the running for what I picked in my top five, and a lot of them came out At this time, like that, like two thousand one, two thousand two, two thousand, somewhere, you know, like in that those couple of years, because that's when I was really diving into Fat Records, and it was just, well, what's the latest from this band? What's the latest from this band? And so this record is the one that really kind of uh, drew me in with Mad Caddies, and I've always like. It's funny because the obviously, you know, as a ska ska band, ska core band, uh, it's always thrown me off a little bit when you get into some of their songs. Um, like, what do they got? They had, uh, was it Booze Cruise? No. Uh, they have a few songs. Like, one's like uh, a polka sort of song and another's like a shanty sort of like pirate sing-along. And <laughs> like, there's some weird ones on there. But at the same point, like Weird Beard, I think is the pirate sing-along song. And maybe All American Badass, I think, is yeah the last song. It's like a, um, kind of like a polka polka sort of thing that they do but like the courses are just straight up like punk rock it's good stuff but yeah this band i one of my favorite things about this band is a memory tied to them Uh, i don't remember the first time i heard their name i don't remember why i bought the record like i think i probably just bought it because a i'd heard the name mad caddies and b it was you know a fat Wreck release so i was like all right let's get it Um, but i went to see them And they were touring this record. And I'm trying to remember if they were opening... Because I feel like I saw them open for either Good Riddance or Rise Against. And I feel like if it was at this time, it was probably Good Riddance. But anyway, I, I, I wonder if I can find info on that tour. But I went and saw them... Uh, like the day after I got my wisdom teeth pulled, or maybe they were headlining. It's possible that they were headlining and another opening band. Like the opening band was one I'd seen open for Good Riddance or Rise Against. They all blend together those shows. Um, but yeah, I went to see them the day after I got my wisdom teeth pulled, which was an interesting, an interesting choice for me to make. But an you know,
2: an, un, an unwise choice, an unwise
1: choice for me to make. But I mean, <laughs> I I had my tickets and you know and then i went to the dentist and they're like oh your wisdom teeth are coming in we got to get these things out of here and so you know it was I, there wasn't much i could do but i went and i was um probably pretty high on some painkillers and milkshakes because that's you know well, that's all I was, why
2: you liked it so much yeah
1: it was such a great time but uh <laughs> yeah no mad Caddy's rock the plank it's forever like as soon as it comes on they got some super catchy songs on there i don't know like were you ever into mad caddies i brought this record up when we did way back in our our uh past favorite life
2: favorite ska yeah favorite we, ska we did an episode on yeah, ska yeah.
1: albums and i believe this was probably my number one album for ska because i'm not huge on ska uh, and i like that this record isn't very ska like um in fact, the genre listing on Wikipedia is just pop, uh, punk rock, pop punk. Like they don't even mention Scott. There's definitely horns oh. in there, but it's you know they don't do. I don't know if there's any song on this record where they do like the like the upbeat guitar. Um, right. It's just all basically horns over top of pop punk, punk rock songs, and it's and obviously a polka song and a sea shanty song. But it's all really good. But were, yeah, were you into them at all?
2: Yeah, you know what? I, I can picture or I can hear a song in my head right now that I think is them from one of those samplers. Yeah. And, uh, I, yeah, for whatever reason, maybe just at that time, I, I never really, really got into it. Um, yeah, I, I really don't know a whole lot about this band. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did release, um, a covers EP not too long ago, um, that had some cool songs
1: on it. Yeah, I feel like, um, more recently like they've kind of gone that route where they're doing like the ska reggae stuff if i recall i could be wrong it's been a while since i like uh really followed them but yeah i, I feel like i remember this covers ep was it more reggae yeah
2: yeah 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 there was a green day song in it that was kind of cool was it she um,
1: i feel like it was she. yeah i think so yeah yeah, yeah i listened yeah. to it but i was i was not so into it i was excited and then i was like oh yeah they're not really doing that sound that i really loved anymore but that's I mean that's cool that's fine,
2: <laughs> yeah. Over overall, I I really don't know a whole lot of their music. Yeah, but I, I do want to go back. Well, I think I listened to this one when we talked about that, and I liked it. I'll have to go back again yeah. because it's I'm kind of blanking on it. But
1: it's a it's a good one. It's um like I said, I'm not big on ska in general, uh, which we would have discussed probably quite in depth when we did our ska episode but this record is one because it's just it's basically a punk record with with horns on it right like yeah um, which i like so it's real good so what's your number four
2: number four is the act is the first semi-actual fat records album i got and i say that because it was the first album that i got burned um from a friend so it's kind of the first album I got, but not, uh, not purchased. actually. <laughs> so I, yeah, I was working at McDonald's, maybe like grade nine, maybe 10. when This came out. Big yeah. <laughs> and, uh, there was a guy there, you know, there was a select few guys that, you know, had a good computer and a CD burner yeah, and, you yeah. know, were selling burn CDs for 10 bucks a piece, which I thought was amazing. Cause that was like half price of what CDs were. Yeah. And uh, so anyways, I, the first one I asked him to do was strong outs twisted by design. Nice. don't remember why it was this one maybe just because i it was one i couldn't find in any stores or or whatever at that time and and uh but i just loved the um kind of the the metallic uh, mix that they added to punk you know it was a lot more riffy than a lot of the other punk bands that I had gotten into at the time were and mm-hmm. um yeah, there's, there's just something that kind of stood out. It was you know a little bit more aggressive and you know really really good drums, fast drumming and fills and and so it, it's not necessarily my favorite strung out album or their best. There's there's a few others that I really love, but this one I, I just had to pick because it just you know I can still picture myself at McDonald's after shift, giving this guy ten bucks to get this CD and and just being so stoked to have you know more songs than just the samplers or whatever and yeah. and it's one I've gone back to and I got to see them uh, well, I think it was for the 20th anniversary a few years ago they came to, to Regina here and, and they played that CD from front to back and so that just kind of helps solidify like okay I've been listening to this album for 20 years and I'm finally getting them to see it seeing them play front to back. I'd seen them play live before, but yeah. um, not play the whole album. The only bummer about that is their original drummer wasn't with them anymore, and so they had a different guy drumming. Um, I did get to see them with, with their original drummer, but it would have been cool to see them with, with Jordan playing drums. But right. Anyways, yeah, just an album that I go back to lots and just brings back lots of memories.
1: Yeah, Strung Out, um, There, I think I sent you a text message. Because I went through like the albums anyway that you had picked that I hadn't really listened to, and they've always been a band. Because I, I think I compared them kind of to like metalcore in the sense of not saying they're a metalcore band, but just where my ear just kind of fatigues pretty quick. Um, yeah, and yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. Like, I wouldn't say to the same extent as you know some metalcore bands that are out there by any means. But I just. Uh, i i've never been into we've we've debated at length um the value of guitar solos (laughs) um and so like i just don't like when they bust out their guitar solos i'm always like all right cool it just sort of it loses me a little bit which i don't know why because there are there are specific guitar solos that i really like but the the kind of like i guess metal side of you know like punk that they were like Or the metal they were infusing into their punk Just kind of lost me a little bit Outside of some songs here or there But they've always been a band that I've wanted to get into Because everyone talks about them, right? Like They're a, they're like one of those uh, I guess legacy bands, you could say That, you know, is still going yeah. And from what I can tell Still putting out records that Their fans enjoy Because uh, I know yeah. they released Was it last year they released a record? Or two years ago? Uh,
2: two... Uh no, I think it was I think it was last year. Yeah. 2009, two thousand well, two thousand nineteen, I think. Okay, so that's yeah. So I guess not last so year. Yeah. It
1: wasn't it wasn't in contention for the the episode we just released at the end of December. So yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, but they're I can I can appreciate them. They are some sick guitar players for sure. Uh yeah,
2: on this album is is quite riffy. Like I mm-hmm. think this was kind of like not necessarily their peak, but when they were really into You know, having the shreddy riffs and and they do have albums later on that I mean it's it's always guitar heavy but not necessarily that extreme where it's it's so hard to listen to. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah, I can definitely see how, you know, it might get a little hard to kind of pick one song to the next one. There's so many different parts to it or whatever. But I, I do feel like they at least for me, there was enough songs in this album that the riffs are memorable enough and catchy, it's not so technical that it, you know, goes on for yeah, minutes and yeah. minutes, like, you know, power metal or whatever, so. Right, no, Anyways, for
1: sure, yeah. for sure. Um, my number four, I was just looking. So, Mad Caddies, because I was mentioning a bunch of these albums released around the same time. So, Mad Caddies was released on April 10th, 2001, Rock the Plank. My number four album was released April 24th, 2001. So, a whole two weeks later, nice. um, that would right be... On the debut record at least as far as I know debut first on Fat for sure I mean maybe they had something out independently before that but um, from Rise Against The Unraveling in
0: the face of change that's why she turned to me and said I'm not
1: Again, I don't know what because it's got terrible artwork, uh, like one of the <laughs> yeah. worst covers in the history of punk. <laughs> like I'm looking at it right now, and I'm like, "What is it even supposed to be? Like
2: a robot or something? Like a or a robot or
1: an alien holding its hand? I don't know. It's it's really yeah. bad, though. Um, I, I shouldn't say it. like I, I feel bad saying that because someone designed that, but <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, this record, I don't know, it it may have just been a a purchase, like, maybe I heard them on a sampler, or maybe I, uh, maybe I just went with it, because, you know, I was like, oh, it's a fat records band, um, they definitely fit in that fat sound, especially early on, uh, and I, I recently went back to this, I hadn't listened to it in a while, and I went back to it, and I was like, Man, every song on this record still is really good, and they became a band like we did an episode on some of their kind of late like later albums, and they became a band that I sort of lost interest in, and Tim's vocals kind of get on my nerves sometimes when they like really got into like the really well produced more radio friendly records. there was I don't know if he changed something in his voice that how he was singing or if maybe it was just that he was singing more and like yelling or screaming less. And so his vocals started to kind of grade on me a little bit, but this record, it's such a good like skate punk, hardcore melodic, hardcore record. Like, um, maybe it has a few too many songs. Like if you wanted to complain about anything on it, like they, I'm just trying to track listen. There's 16 songs on it, which is again, that's like, they're definitely not the only band that ever did that. But um, it it kind of feels a little bit like you get to the point where some of the stuff kind of starts bleeding together a little bit. But it's such a such a good record still. Like going through, um, it's I mean it's only thirty six minutes long, but and with Rise Against, so I saw them touring this record uh, and they played um, a venue called the Warehouse in Calgary, which again like that's where I saw like Caddies and Good Riddance. That's why I'm like I feel like. Some of those were at the same show. But um so maybe Rise Against opened for Mad Caddies. Maybe that's what it was. I don't remember. Because it would have been around this time and I feel like Rise Against was just kind of like would have been the the lesser of the two on the bill there. But yeah. um but I can remember like going to that show and it was so good and then I saw them uh at warp tour it's just so funny to like think about this band because eventually they became a huge band right like they were all over the radio and yeah. and like did they did they play like arenas like i feel like
0: they played uh, some yeah, there's, pretty bit yeah, they I got out they of the some, clubs
2: yeah. yeah yeah for sure
1: yeah so then like to see them play warp tour on a side stage where there was like maybe 60 people like blows my mind a little bit but like that was, yeah. I went and saw them there too. And in Warp 2, that was probably 2002 or three maybe. Um, but yeah, no, it was this band. I, I look back fondly on this record. Uh, the song Ever Changing specifically is like one that has since the first time I heard it has been just a song that I've loved. Uh, and it's buried real deep in the album at track number eleven. Like, <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm always oh. like, "Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we? Th- no, we're not there yet. Okay. Oh, now we're there. Like, <laughs> it's such a good song. But, um, yeah, what was your uh, what was your number three?
2: Um, yeah. So just to briefly touch on, well, I guess yeah, good segue because my number three is also um, <laughs> Rise Against, and uh, I picked the the follow up to the Unraveling. So the, the, the unraveling is really good, a really good uh, debut album for, for a new band. Um, but to me, revolutions per minute, um, you know, really kind of solidified them as you know, or started to solidify them as a band. Uh, you know, this the songs were kind of a lot more cohesive and put together, and uh, you know, it was more polished. I don't know if they if this is the first one that they did at the Blasting Room. Um, I'm not sure if they did the unraveling there or not but I can love but no, it just it, Yeah, it had a just a great sound to it. This I know this one a lot more than the un- unraveling. I listen to this one a lot more. I might have even heard this one before the unraveling. I, I can't remember right. exactly, but yeah, they, I mean, yeah, we we talked about revolutions per minute on um on our rise against episode yeah. and so you can go back and listen to some more thoughts on that, but so, yeah, I don't know. It's it, I was
1: just real yeah, quick. It wasn't uh it wasn't um at the blasting room, okay just looking, yeah, so i I feel like
2: they probably toured a lot on on the unraveling, and you know just became better songwriters and musicians and and just overall such a good album, again, maybe not necessarily the best rise against album, but this is one that you know I still know what c d book I have it in, you know, the album cover stands out to me, and yeah, um, as soon as that first song starts, it's just like, okay, like I'm ready for this album,
1: I would make an argument that it like even though I just picked The Unraveling, um, I think you could make a solid argument that it is the best Rise Against record. Like, for me, this was the last one that I was really into, and I did debate picking this one. We went, you know, as we were texting back and forth, I was like, okay, well, you got this record, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with The Unraveling because I like, like, they're kind of both, you know, pretty even for myself. Um, this one, the thing I really, I think, appreciate about it is you mentioned, like, it's more polished and kind of, Cohesive, I do like that they seem to kind of play with dynamics a little more uh, at different parts on this record. Having said that, my favorite song on the Unraveling being Ever Changing. Um, it's kind of like even though they don't introduce any clean tones in that song, it definitely starts off a little more mellow before they kind of like get into it. But uh, but on I just feel like on on revolutions per minute they definitely expand that a little more like not being afraid to kind of bring things down a little bit and play with their song structures a little bit Uh, it is like when this record came out I listened to it so much Um, but again like that was the same thing with the Unraveling for me as I listened to that record a ton when it came out Um, because this was I was huge into this band I could see how they got big it also surprises me you know at the same time that they got as big as they did. When you, like, look at where they started, you know, as, like, a melodic, hardcore, skate punk sort of band, and then, like, for them to be all over, like, not even just, like, new, like, alternative rock radio, but, like, on rock radio, like, blew my mind a little bit, but...
2: Yeah, especially, you know, with Tim's kind of gruffer vocals, and, you know, they're not really, like, a pretty boy band or didn't really have that, like, one guy that, you know kind of stole the, stole the show, so to speak, or, you know, was the photogenic guy. And so, I mean, yeah, it's, it's cool to see a band that, you know, put out, you know, at least four, well, I don't want to say four good records, four albums that I really liked <laughs> or four kind of, you know, still kind of true to their melodic, hardcore punk yeah. sound before they kind of started waning a bit. Um, yeah, it's cool to see them, you know, get that exposure. I didn't like those records as much, but it doesn't mean it's it's undeserved by any means. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, and like that's what I think is interesting about um about some of those records is that they didn't just completely abandon that sound when they, you know, when they were releasing records that started getting on radio. It wasn't like that sound was just no longer a part of who they were, right? Yeah. Like so that's kind of cool. But uh yeah, no, those first two records like Lights out good that's all it that's all I got to say about it lights out good but um, my number three I think so far as we've done these episodes, I can't speak to the solid state episodes so but like um with victory and even like with uh, Todd and his list uh, we've had a Canadian band make every list so far and I'm gonna keep that streak alive uh, because I'm gonna pick. Today's Empire's Tomorrow's Ashes by propaganda.
0: shit talk, Huddled single file First-wolf fat boys and prairie skinheads Who will never walk a mile Or murder-murdered friend In this tiny mine shoe Humbled by it all, and around the same time, I was riding with no hands, busting windows and getting busy behind the sportsplex. With the bodies older, sister decked down in her speedos, bellow from the sting. Depot profile, family planning Her own world harbor and a holocaust spanning 25 years to life I'll brush my country in a rolling paradise And in the shadows of Santa Cruz She crossed her fingers behind her back I could swallow with Trojan Till the motherfucker said her noise were nice as she emerged With a box under her arm How a pledge of allegiance And her uniform And she laid it at the gates Of the General's Embassy whisper I into dawn and she disappeared
1: and so this record was my introduction to propaganda by the way it came out only a month and a bit before those other two because it was february 6 2001 <laughs> <laughs> the spring and winter of 2001 was yeah killer fantastic year. yeah apparently um puberty ready to rage yeah man that would have been uh <laughs> i guess that would have been in pi- grade 10 no sorry grade 11 for me well technically grade yeah. 10 because i failed
2: late 10. bloomer it's okay what's that said late bloomer it's yeah, okay yeah, yeah. but i
1: uh <laughs> i failed grade 10 man and then so oh, I, was, man, I was... Why you
2: got to be such a downer?
1: Well, so you want to hear a story? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I went to high school, right? And I went to high school just to hang out with friends. But I also tried to take like all like the highest level classes I could. So that didn't really like mix for me because I'm like... I would say like some things come pretty naturally to me. But if I'm not putting effort in, I'm going to get lost, right? And so yeah. I ended up failing math and science in grade 10, which the way it worked is you got credits, right? For classes you passed and to be eligible quote unquote for grade 11, you had to have X amount of credits. But what they did was I failed math with a good enough grade that I was able to go on to grade 11 math, but like a step down. So it was like, I took math 10. I don't know what it was in Saskatchewan, how it worked. And then instead of taking math 20 in grade 11, I took math 23, was like the step down or whatever and if i passed that they then would give me credits for math 10 right or math 13 technically so in my yearbook i realize is a really dumb story in like my high school yearbooks i was in grade 10 and then i failed those classes so the next year credit wise i was in grade 10 again and then for the next year because i finished that class and got the credits for it i was then in grade 12 (laughs) so i failed grade 10 but i skipped grade 11 anyway all that to say the spring and winter of 2001 when I was redoing grade 10 to skip grade 11, uh, there were some good fat record albums that came out. And one of those was today's empires, tomorrow's ashes by propaganda. And this was really my introduction to the band outside of probably hearing, you know, songs like ska sucks or whatever, like, um, on samplers or something or friends burn CDs, whatever. This was the first one where I was like, I'm going to buy this. I must have, I don't know where I was getting this money from. This must have been in like a period where I I had one job at one point for a few months in high school, but I want to say it was before this even like, I don't, I wasn't working, So I don't know who was buying these CDs for me, but I was, I was loading up. This Your time. mom bought you this CD. She loved. Yeah, it. Yeah, my mom was a huge propaganda fan. Uh, her favorite song was "Fuck the Board." The song,
2: <laughs> the song, the song titles are just like I got to get this for my yeah, boy. Yeah,
1: he's really gonna love this one, isn't he? Um, but no, this this
2: will help him through puberty, so I don't have to deal with it.
1: I'm curious to look at song titles now and see if there's any that we can apply to puberty, to a boy going through puberty. Yes. Uh, what do we got? Um, Uh, no natural disasters yeah
2: (laughs) yeah okay Uh, there we go what
1: else we got ladies night in loserville
2: perfect (laughs) um yeah the song titles are pretty sweet on this one yeah how about well
1: lots of their albums of how about this one for a boy going through puberty new homes for idle hands (laughs) oh Uh, march of the crabs Uh. Uh, anyway (laughs) (laughs) this record this was like one of those bands, because if I recall, it came with, uh, like, a, a whole, like, documentary or something. Like, there was just, like, it was this band that I was like, okay, there are political bands, and then there's propaganda, right? Like, where they are a band that uh, are, like, they make you think when listening to their lyrics, and they've got a message in every song, whether that message is, you know political, social issue, or I don't know specifically, you know, on these records, but I feel like later in their catalog, um, they, uh, you know, even more like he, he kind of gets a little more introspective with his, but there's still like some of the best songwriting that is out there. Um, as far as not even just in the punk world, I think, but in just like the music world, like his lyrics are, it's I don't even you know it's, I get lost thinking about it and there's a lot of stuff that I won't even pretend to understand uh, yeah. on their albums. But then when they mix it, it's funny because you know I, I talking about strung out. I was like ah, I don't really like the the metal side of stuff that they introduce there. But for whatever reason, when you know Propaganda, especially like this, as far as I understand, this was kind of the record where they started turning and getting a little thrashier. Um, I can I can get behind it and I can get behind the technicalities of that music. Um but yeah, it's uh it's such a good record. And I guess for whatever reason, I think I've heard that um Chris Hanna does not like the guitar tones on this record, which I'm like, really? Like and I guess he played it much faster than he should have, which is funny to me. <laughs> like he just got in there and was like, we're gonna crank these up to a thousand and just go. But um, yeah, no, this is this is this was a record. I had this moment where, when I was thinking about this list, I was like, okay, I've got a few that I know off the top of my head. Like, yes, this is going to be on my list. And I was driving to work one day and I was probably listening to like one of the other records that's on my list. And all of a sudden, I'm like, wait a minute, propagandy was on Fat Wreck. Hold up. <laughs> like, how could I forget this? But I think part of that was because, you know, like listening to some of their later stuff they were releasing on different labels, right? Like in this, even in Canada was released on G seven welcoming committee, which yeah. was like their own imprint, I believe. Right. Um, yeah, it was released on the band's own right, G seven. Yeah. Something committee. like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a, it's a great record, but, uh, and every now and then I'll text you and being like, today's a propaganda day. <laughs> I just, yeah. I just want to yeah, think, awesome. I want my brain to hurt a little bit while I listen to this music. <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, I'm I'm going to be honest. There's, uh, I feel like a band like this just kind of went over my head. Yeah, you know, especially lyrically or topic wise, like, um, it, it was just pretty vastly different from whatever else I was listening to then. Yeah, um, they were they were also one of those bands. That I can't remember who was uh on the on the victory episode where I said that. You know, I kind of listened to them more when I was with certain friends that were really into right. them than I did. Did myself just for whatever reason. So my buddy Jess that I've mentioned lots of times, yeah. he was super into them, and so would always listen to them when we were hanging out, um, or you know at different points, you know time on tour. Yeah. Um, you know maybe their bands we were with, and we you know riding each other's vehicles and listen to it. And I mean they've they've been around for a long time. I go see them live any chance I can get, which is very few because they don't tour that often. Yeah which is sad because we're only six hours down the road from them. Um, but awesome live band. I love seeing them live, and, and they're probably one of those bands where I take more away from it live, You know, at least for me, a bit easier to engage with. So uh, yeah, I, I don't really know this album a ton. I listened through it uh, last week just to kind of see if I even really knew it. There's a few songs that stood out. Uh, Anchorless was one, mm-hmm. which... Did Weaker Thens redo that one, or was it just uh, Propaganda that... So um, I think it's it sounds like it's uh John K. Sampson singing that one, which well, is the guy that started Weaker Thans, is that right, or am I mixing it? Yeah, that John K. Up?
1: Sampson's in Weaker Thans, but Anchorless isn't on this record. So it could very well be oh. John K. Sampson singing it.
2: <laughs> it's what rec- oh, oh that's on less talk, more rock, maybe.
1: Maybe I'm just I'm looking it oh, up okay, right sorry, now. I which which would up. have been John K. Sampson. <laughs> yeah, okay.
2: Sorry. I I'm mixing those up. I, I kinda listened to yeah, the yeah, yeah, Anchorless
1: but. is on on less talk
2: okay but so, yeah so there's a very good chance <laughs> yeah so as i skipped through this one uh, or went through it uh, last week it was kind of like uh like it's it's cool i like i put the songs like oh yeah i could remember listening to these and it, it doesn't like do a whole lot for me Lot lots of really cool riffs and stuff yeah. but overall it's it's probably a bit much for me just for whatever reason but i mean yeah they are one of those bands that have been so instrumental for for many reasons, and, you know, there's a reason why so many bands, you know, cite them, so it's, yeah, it's cool to have a band, you know, on Fat Records that was so influential that kind of felt almost like a local-ish band, Um, you know, growing up in Manitoba, too, where they were from, you know, it was only three and a half hours from them, so it was cool, you know, just knowing, like, oh, like, there's this band, it's not that far away, but... You know they're on this bigger label, and you know seeing their name on various things. So, yeah, lots of lots of little anecdotes with this band, but nothing super personal for me. So, what was uh, what's your number two? Oh, what is my number two? I mean, I know what um, it is. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, so yeah, this is one that's yeah. I kind of went back and forth this one, so it's face to faces protection, which is only, you know, four, four and a bit years old.
1: Yeah.
0: Why are we still so surprised every time we buy the light bulb? Why don't we pursue the truth even when it's hard to do it? Say they figured out another way, whoa Why are we so quick to judge anyone who's not like us, whoa
2: So I I kind of was like, gosh, oh, I picked such a new release. You know, a lot of these releases I'm talking about, you know, are 15, 20 years old. You know, I've had a lot of time to spend with it. So I kind of went back and forth, but you know, this is one that just has stuck stuck out to me. I mean, I've been listening to Face to Face for years, as we've mentioned, yeah. you know, we've done episodes of them talking about their influence. And so why I picked this one is because they kind of fell off a bit for me um you know for a number of years and albums where you know I still checked it out but it didn't kind of last for me and so when they were back on fat records for this release you know I anticipated it but kind of with hesitancy not really knowing you know what it was going to be like um I had seen them live short I uh, was it shortly before this maybe it was after yeah, I was after that anyways um But, yeah, just going through this album, I've gone back to it so many times. You know, they put out the live album that has songs from it. And I don't know, they just really brought it back for me, which made me really excited because, you know, I've spent so much time with them. And so to have them kind of back in that place of like, okay, like I always want to go back to this album, it just kind of solidified them as a band. And I was like, okay, that's okay. They don't have, you know, there's a few albums I don't like, but at least their new one I really love. And so I don't know, it just, kind of stuck out to me and so yeah the list
1: this record i actually debated it being on my list as well which was funny um but it was actually the live in a dive album that really solidified protection for me because i was listening to it man man there's a lot of good songs on this record and i started realizing that a lot of the good songs that i was listening to i'm like dude these are off protection so that i went back to it and fell in like fell in love with it. I wouldn't even say re-fell in love with it because I feel like when it first came out, because it it came out in 2016, is that what you said?
2: Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
1: So I want to say it probably wasn't until 2018 or so that I really, like when it first came out, I listened to it and I was like, yeah, okay. It's, you know, sounds like face-to-face, a band that I love, but it, you know, there was nothing that immediately was like, this is what I need to listen to. And then whenever the Punk and Drublick tour was, like when it came up to Edmonton, uh, I went to it and... There was, like, they they had a table where they were selling, like, vinyl at discount prices. They were just trying to unload a bunch of it. And in there was face-to-face protection. And so that's what I ended up buying. There was some other stuff that I was, like, looking at. And I was like, nah, I should probably just buy one. should be responsible and only buy one record. And so that's what I came home with. And from that point on, like, putting it on, I was like, oh, this record is actually so good. And it's so, like, it just sounds so good. It's written really well. Um, and it's definitely one of those records where I'm like, dude, the fact that they're still doing this, you know, however many years after they got going and still doing it this well is mind boggling. And I think I saw them on that tour that you were mentioning. It it was, I want to guess it was for this record.
2: Yeah. Uh, It was shortly after. Yeah.
1: And I went and I was a little bit bummed because the crowd was like pretty small uh in the room and so I was pumped because they were doing like the big they were they had scheduled the big choice anniversary tour which got canceled due to covid and I was going to go see that and I was like oh I hope the crowd is like you know I, if I recall it was at least nearly sold out before things were called off because it was literally like weeks before that I was supposed to see them that it got uh got canceled but so that was a bit of a bummer but um yeah man protection is so good and it makes me just pumped to you know like to think like that i think i think i heard rumors that they might be working on a new record or they've yeah, already started so. working on it um and so i'm like i'm pumped to hear it because if if protection is any you know kind of indication it's going to be a good record <laughs> so
2: but, yeah i hope so it, at the same time it's like ah oh, it's protection was such a good album even if it's like a little bit behind it, it'll kind of sure you know be that kind of fight between okay they're back and they're putting out albums you know somewhat well i guess not that consistently it's been five years they yeah. put out the live album but they had the live and then didn't know.
1: they they did an acoustic album i feel too oh yeah that's right yeah yeah, yeah
2: another another great release i just so, couldn't remember yeah. if that
1: was before or after but um but yeah they've been i think they've been kind of going pretty consistently like if you think yeah. about though but it's i mean at the same point like i have a hard time like a live album like okay it's a collection of songs that have already been released and then same with the acoustic thing right like so as far as new music's concerned it's been a little it's been a it's been half a decade almost
2: <laughs> yeah for sure
1: but uh which is funny because my number two i had said i thought about putting that record on here uh, my number two was actually released in 1992 so <laughs> we're going a ways back um, and that's face to face don't turn away they <laughs> This one this one maybe this is a bit of a loophole because it's technically it was re-released by Fat Records um, a year after it was first released on Doctor Strange Records uh, but it's I, when I was thinking about it and I was going through uh, the Fat Rec Discogs like listing just to I was like is what am I am I, am I missing anything just kind of like scrolling through it as far as like records I loved and when I came across this one, I was thinking about it, and I'm like, you know, if I'm gonna pick a like a face to face record, like the new one or the new one, like I said, is five years old now or getting there. Uh, it's the one I listen to the most these days. Um, but face to face was such like a big important band to me, uh, especially in high school, especially when I was writing you know, in a punk band sort of thing. Like they were like one of those bands where I was like, man, if I could write like Trevor Keith, that would be incredible. And this record, I actually wouldn't have been introduced to a lot of these songs really until I listened to the face to face live record. Uh, but cause like the one I owned back then was big choice. That was the first record that I really got into from face to face, which uh, wouldn't come out for another few years after this one. And when I go back to this one though, it's fun to put it on because I'm like, oh, I actually like know all these songs. Like regardless of never having actually owned this record, you know, when I was a teenager listening to face to face and discovering them for the first time. Um, but because a lot of them, yeah, would have been on that live record, and then just over time, it's it's a fun record because the guitar tones are pretty terrible. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like it's definitely a first record. Uh, yeah. but it's just, it's just so fun. And I mean, I was watching, I was watching a, a show, I think it was like face to face on the warp tour in like 95 or something like that. That's up on YouTube. You should, you should find it because like the video quality and audio is actually really good, especially for the time. Oh, wow. like, and it's not like, as far as like, like, it's just a single camera sort of thing. Like someone at the back of the club filming. Right. But, um, it sound and it just watching them it's so much fun like it's just done they were they're they're still one of my favorite bands you know you go see them now or at least when i saw them on the tour for for protection and yeah i mean they're all older but they're still like they get up there and they absolutely destroy their songs in in a good way um you know like they are they're so good but so in the end I debated having protection and i was like we'll just talk about it at the same time and it's funny that they both ended up being number two because as i like wrote this list it kind of bobbled around a little bit but uh no this is this is this is i think when i think about it i'm like this is this is the record that is really responsible for me loving the band i suppose because that live album was really what like sold me on on face to face and big choice obviously as well but so anyway yeah Let's get down to it. We're down to our number ones. What is your number one record? So
2: I'm thinking this might even be the first real copy of a Fat album that I got besides yeah. a compilation, and that is Good Riddance's Ballads of the Revolution, or from the Revolution. I can't remember what if it's of or from, but
1: I think it's um, from. I could look real. Ballads quick from you. the Revolution. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: Either way, ball. I just called ballads. <laughs> this is just one of those albums that i just remember hearing and just being like taken back by you know whether it was kind of the more aggressive parts in it like so there's a few songs on samplers that were on this cd that that definitely stood out and um you know kind of introduced me to uh, you know to some more political things to veganism like some concepts that or ideas, or or ways of living, or lifestyles, whatever you want to call it, you know that I would have really had no idea about in a small town, and and again, not necessarily anything that I super grabbed onto or you know took as my own lifestyle, but I don't know, just something was really intriguing about this album. I loved the mix of aggression and melody. Um, I loved Russ's, or still love Russ's voice and just his ability to, you know, similar to Rise Against, right, where we can just kind of push it to that scream, but it still has kind of a a melodic side to it, and it just added so much to the songs. You know, the songs were were fast and and quick, but still felt like they had enough depth to them that it wasn't just, like, thrash from the start to beginning or start to finish, but there was, you know, enough dynamic to still, you know, feel like a creative album, um, so yeah I mean it's one i've I still go back to all the time and put it on, and you know as soon as that first song kicks in, I think that's um, is fertile fields the first one, or uh yeah. yeah 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 yeah, the first song yeah um yeah i I still remember seeing them live for the first time and hearing some of these songs and I don't know. It's just, again, maybe not necessarily the best Good Riddance record, but it's the one that when I think of Good Riddance, I immediately think of this album and we will keep going back to it.
1: Yeah. No, I think this was actually my first, and I, I kind of alluded to it at the beginning of the episode, my first actual like fat album that I owned as well. Um, and, yeah, like you can't argue with how good it is and everything you said about it is spot on. Um, which is why uh, my number one is not this album. <laughs> but my number one, we're going back to 2001, July 10th, 2001. Uh, so that was a crazy, that's a great year. Uh, Good yeah, riddance. No Symptoms of a leveling spirit. did an episode about both of these albums. And this was the one that I said was my favorite. And uh, I read a quote from Russ Rankin that said, I think it was the pinnacle. Uh, It was definitely the pinnacle for us as far as our career. If you just want to go by numbers, like the year that came out, we were in every weekly. All our shows were bumped up to the bigger rooms. We sold out our whole European tour. And that was about as good as it ever got for us. And that was pretty cool for that to happen. Um, He says, I just have a lot of really... Good memories about that year personally and band wise everything just went really really well for us and had a really successful year and I still think that record to a lesser extent the EP that came before it were where I finally found my stride as a songwriter and I like I would have to again we discussed this I would have to agree though like I find like the songs on this while I really love ballads from the revolution uh, the songs on this are just in a similar way, I think too, when we were talking about rise against like from the unraveling to revolutions per minute, like there was just something more going on here. Yeah. With songwriting, just more cohesive songs or what have you. And, um, yeah, like this, this, this record takes me places. Um, I don't want to talk too much about it because we've done entire episodes on these records, but, uh, right. yeah, like, it was a no doubter for me when we started discussing the labels we were going to talk about. I was like, yeah, well, Good Ridden, Symptoms of a Leveling Spirit is easily my number one for Fat Rack. And um, when I was making that list, it was the one that never moved. I think every other record on my list was in a different place at some point in time, right? Like, But this one was always number one for me. And um, yeah, I still I still love it, uh, yeah. you know, everything about it really like it's except for the artwork again another one that the artwork is a little like uh you know um it's like it's entirely referencing the first track on the album but it's not very good artwork whereas ballads i really like the artwork uh like the whole i'm assuming it's a soldier in vietnam um that's what it looks like or reminds me of anyways like something you'd see from like a movie from the 60s like yeah. some uh, uh, what was the name of that movie apocalypse now sort of thing yeah I don't
2: uh I don't know that that movie much but uh yeah i I just listened to to symptoms last week and yeah again just was like man this is such a good album I mean I, I love every good riddance album and uh but yeah this This is a a great pick, and I I definitely think they deserve that number one spot. Again, a band that's still going, still releasing awesome albums. Um, Yeah, so if uh, you need a... a, Should I give a spoiler alert alert for next week or no?
1: Well, I feel like you kind of spoiled it right there, so go ahead.
2: (laughs) So next
1: week... If you need a reason uh, to listen... Yeah, so we'll,
2: we'll be uh, talking with with Russ from Good Riddance, and uh, and diving a bit deeper into ballads and and uh, some other things too. So if you're a Good Riddance fan and agree with us that they're number one, Good Riddance is number one. What movie is that? Where uh, oh maybe just Nacho Libre? Where uh, <laughs> um, yeah Ramses or whatever? Ramses is number one. Anyways. <laughs>
1: I couldn't I don't know if I've ever watched that movie in its entirety.
2: Oh, come on, man. Yeah. yeah. That's one of my favorites. Anyways, <laughs> it's getting late. I'm getting rambly there you to go. <laughs> keep my brain alive. So, anyways, there's a teaser if you care. Yeah. If you want to check out more about of Good Of course, Riddance. they care.
1: It's going to be it's it's I can I can say this. It is a good episode. We're like you were acting for a moment there like it's going to happen i mean the interview already happened so it's it's that there. Is true like, it's <laughs> in <laughs> fact when we're recording this here's a little like peek behind the curtain it's already uploaded <laughs> oh wow <laughs> and, if you, right if you can go. hack
2: the system you can find it a week early that's
1: right that's right um but no that's uh, you are getting rambly so we'll finish it uh <laughs> Yeah. Thanks. This is, again. Follow us uh, wherever you are on social media. So are we. Growing Punk Pod, Twitter and Instagram. You'll find us. We're on Facebook too. Uh, GrowingPunkPod.com. Uh, you can find our website there. All the episodes are there. And whenever I and and Aaron are feeling not lazy we sometimes write things it's been a while since i've written anything but anyway sometimes we write things (laughs) and wherever you're listening to the show make sure you rate it review subscribe tell your friends if you got friends who are fans of good riddance tell them that hey next week you're going to want to listen because russ rankin's going to be on the show Uh, but other than that that'll do it so goodbye peace out i don't
0: know why you always have to be judging me because i only believe in science